Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. going on patreon man that big bet been working out well for me being able to hit up dr kyle and his dms we're on a synchronized schedule it's crazy every time i'm about to message him he's about to message me but uh being able to bounce those ideas off of him and then being able to reach out to memphis typically i just do it directly to the stem personally instead of a dm but man i've grown in what five weeks of doing the sports betting and the big bets helped I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have, but listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, um, starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting, um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went five and two on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle as soon as the opening lines came in. So uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great. Appreciate everything. Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. Yep, that's right. It's Tuesday if you're watching live on YouTube. And today's topic, tonight's topic, depending on when you're consuming this fine, fine piece of Dynasty media, is going to be fudge the process, some trusting your gut, and maybe... If there's a little time at the end, we're going to talk a little trade line trepidation. But I'll tell you what I'm not trepidatious about. That's my co-host. His name his name is the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is going on? Nothing much, man. Excellent job pivoting towards the PG version of the show title with Fudge the Process. You know, it's you know the, the the term "trust the process" became a big thing with the Philadelphia 76ers a few years ago. They were quote unquote tanking, not tanking, and they kept telling everything gets a catchy nickname nowadays. Jerry, everything gets a catchy nickname. It was called the process. We're gonna it's the process, the pro. And how has that process worked out? Uh, they didn't win anything. No, it's not a Viridian Global t-shirt. We're going to talk about Viridian Global here in a, in a, in a few minutes. But we've seen the the shirt over at Roto-Wear. I'll give them a, a cheap shout-out. You know, uh, 
Good, good dude. Kenneth Cashman is a, is a great guy. So I'll give him a, a, a shout out. He has the one where it says um, process, then the line, and then results. Is it to say process over results? You know what? That's kind of bullshit. Just like the process is kind of bullshit. The results matter. The results matter. You can have the best process. You know, uh, it's it's the fantasy football version of the mixtape. Everybody's got a rookie model. Um, and, and all it really is, it's either a pivot. So for those of you that don't know what a pivot table Excel spreadsheet is, it, everybody's rookie model is either A, an Excel spreadsheet that's been worked into a pivot table, or it's an Excel spreadsheet that's turned into a heat map. It's one or the other. That is everyone's quote-unquote model. I'm going to burn that bitch to the ground. And we're also, Jerry, one that I think is very good because th- this recent events with Jonathan Taylor has uh, brought to mind the dangers of dynasty groupthink. Now, groupthink in general is bad, but we're going to tackle that topic here in a minute. Just want to do a little promoting just to kind of get it out of the way early. YouTube. We are live on YouTube on a Tuesday night at 9.45. If you're subscribed to the YouTube with notifications on, you get the alert, you know when the show's going, and you never miss a beat. You can get Dynasty Table Talk, uh, excuse me, he changed it. It's Dynasty Coffee Talk with our boy, Matty Big Chest. Uh, that is Matt Poole. He is our graphics guy, and he comes through every Monday on YouTube with some fun uh, Dynasty Talk coming out of the weekend. Uh, If you've never tuned in, shame on you. You're missing a great rendition of how to love on guys like DeAndre Swift and Antonio Gibson. But Maddie's a good one. Uh, Our boy Dr. Kyle does the injury report. The injury show is entitled The MRI, Most Reliable Injury Show with Dr. Kyle. And then you get the the, the Dynasty Warzone. I mean, you get me and Jerry. Jerry, you're, you're a member of the Dynasty Warzone. I am, believe it or not. And you do the most handsome member of the Dynasty Warzone, I may add. If you're you're looking for an (laughs) argument, if you're looking for an argument, you damn sure ain't going to get one. And and then the big bet, the big bet is uh, like a little side project uh, for those that aren't into gambling. Here's the thing: you will be. Twenty-one states have legal sports betting of some sort. Now, Jerry, I know apps are going live in Michigan in December. Is that correct? That is correct. App-based gambling is going live. Uh, like I said, 21 states have some sort of legal sports gambling. Now, some states you have to go to a physical brick-and-mortar building, uh, whether that be like a paramutual betting track or a casino. Uh, here in Indiana, we have app-based gambling. We use MyBookie.ag. That's our sponsor over at the Fabulous Big Bet. But 21 states have it legal. 27 states either have it in the in the works or they just recently introduced legislation to make it legal. So literally by the time January 1st, 2022 rolls around, gambling on sports could be legal in 47, 48 states. And we're trying to get out ahead of it. And we're doing quite well. We have a prop show. We do a player prop show on Saturdays. So a lot going on. So if uh, let me let me interrupt you right there, too. Uh, even if you're not a huge gambler like me, like I, I don't gamble on sports. It's just not what I do. But I do listen to you guys because there's lots of good tidbits in each one about over-unders on games and what Vegas thinks of games and the players you should be looking to flex because of, you know, the higher scoring games as opposed to the lower scoring games. It's weather. it's a nice thing that I add to the rotation. The, the, the weather that we cover on the Big Bet and the weather I cover on the Saturday Prop Show 
is probably the most informative. You know, a, a lot of people, um, you know, it would, would have been hard for a lot of people to have gotten away from Deshaun Watson on on Sunday. But I was all over that. This week, I benched Deshaun Watson in every league that I have him in. There's not a bigger Deshaun Watson stand in the industry than me. I love Deshaun Watson. I still have him as my QB4 in the startup. No, no one loves Deshaun Watson like I do. I think he's going to continue to get more weapons. But this past Sunday, had you listened to the big bet, you, you would have had some ideas. Um, we, we do yardage totals. Um, I hit a double. I hit a, a double on Jalen Rager. So if you're not into sports betting yet, you might, might be like, you know what, Memphis, that doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to you yet, but it could apply to you very soon. So, so check out the fabulous big bet. And then uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you for, five-star review. If you're listening to the Dynasty Warzone, you probably play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Jerry, is that a safe assumption? God, I hope so. Otherwise, you just like listening to us talk, and that actually makes me even happier. If if you don't play Dynasty and you just listen to the show, man, send me a DM. I would love to know why. No, in, in, in a good way. In, in a good way. I hope it's because we entertain you. I actually had this conversation with Dr. Kyle, our uh, uh, medical chief of staff, if you were here at the Dynasty Warzone. And, of course, we want to be accurate. But our number one goal is to be entertaining. So make sure you slide over to Apple or wherever you can review this podcast online and leave us a five-star. And if you want your Dynasty trade reviewed, we did this a couple weeks ago. We love doing it. We'll give you an in-depth Dynasty trade. Trade deadlines right around the corner, I know, in our GOAT League. Uh, the GOAT Leagues that Jerry and I are in together. Um, our patron leagues, I think a lot of those have trade deadlines the Wednesday before the Thursday Thanksgiving games. So trade deadlines right around the corner. If you want that help, go to Apple. Go to Stitcher. Leave us a five-star Leave your trade, your league scoring format, and your email address or name, and Jerry or I will get back to you immediately, and we'll cover it here on the show. Does that sound fair, Jerry? That sounds good. That sounds more than fair. All right, man. So there's all the promoting. Again, if you're you're watching on YouTube, thank you, and please go over and subscribe. We, we would love to hang out with you, all the various shows we do throughout the week. And uh, check out the social media. We are available on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I, guess, I guess Twitter is Instagram now, Jerry, with the fleet. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the fleet? Uh, I saw it briefly. I have not posted any fleets. I know uh, you did, looking good. Looking good, saw that. I, here's the thing. If you're going to continue to Instagram my Twitter, I'm going to continue to Instagram my Twitter. Now, I said it before on uh, you know, Twitter. Maybe I said it with Dr. Kyle on the Big Bet. But, you know, Twitter continues to infiltrate. I'm sorry, Instagram continues to infiltrate uh, Twitter. And on Instagram, if you lift a weight, I think you are legally obligated <laughs> to put fit at the end of your last name. So you would be Jerry Sinclair.fit on Instagram if you ever lifted a weight. It's the law. And now on on Twitter, if you've ever played fantasy football, if you know about fantasy football, you are required to put FF at the end of your name. That's that's the law. Uh, if you get caught breaking the law, you'll get a ticket. So, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to make my fleet fitness. I'm, I'm going to be like an Instagram um, model. I'm going to put public figure in my bio. I'm going to pose a bunch of pictures with one toe up with like half an ass cheek turned Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go hammer. I'm going to face tune. I'm going to face tune my face. I'm going to face tune out all the imperfections. 
Um, I'm going to start chasing clout like everyone on Instagram does. I've got I've got a business plan, Jerry. So be cautious of that uh, of that fleet. But you can check me out on Twitter, DWZ Memphis. You can check him out at Jerry Sin DWZ. Now Jerry does not lift weights. You are not going to get any weightlifting fleets from Jerry. Is that is that a uh, a fact? Pitbull pictures. Almost certainly going to get those. That's probably going to be about it. You you do have a lovely pup, so. Uh, very excited to see more of it because I follow Jerry on Instagram. He is he is not an Instagram thought. He is a Instagram dog lover deluxe. I'm I'm glad to have him as my co-host. All right, Jerry, let's get into uh, a little danger of some dynasty groupthink. Uh, we we got to get this knocked out now, Jerry. When I say the term groupthink, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The same thing I say. I would say at least once every single episode. Narrative, the narrative surrounding players. And the dangers of it are we get sucked in. It's a black hole and it's it's something that it's it's hard to get out of. It's easy to get sucked into it because you see somebody, you know, talking about a player and they're hyping it up. And then someone else saying, well, yeah, he's really good. And I like that, too. And then it just keeps happening and it keeps building. Narratives are dangerous. Um, and it, it's funny that this is the topic of the show because this this is one of the most critical times for any Dynasty player in this, you know, it, we're at the point where you're either going to tank for the rest of the season or you're going to try and win the championship. So I was going to have my opening monologue that was, you know, about exploiting these. And then I get the show sheet this morning. And don't you know it, the professional himself, DWZ Memphis, had had the show topic ready for me. So I get to talk about it the whole show rather than an SNL intro. So I'm excited about that. What What is your thoughts on Dynasty Group Think? Because we have been pretty big proponents against it. And you're the one that wrote this bad boy up. You talk to me a little bit. Well, anytime you get into the, the topic of group think, it, it can be good or bad. Uh, I'm not going to take this down a political road. I'm not going to take this down a social down a social road, uh, an economic road. No, none of that serves the greater cause of what we do at the Dynasty War Zone. But what I'm going to say is, is when you start hurting everybody in the same direction, okay, that, that's dangerous. But but then you also start chastising anyone who's outside of your thought bubble. You know, I I, I go back to post combine last year. Jonathan Taylor sets the world on fire. He's a big man. He runs a 4-3-8-40. He is athletic as all get out. Now, we knew he was a like a state championship level sprinter in high school. We had seen some of his Nike Spark numbers coming out of high school. We kind of knew this was the deal, but we went right back into double counting. And so, so th- here comes the herd. You know, you, and and I, I posted this on Twitter as well last week. But and, and I'm going to talk about this when he's talking about trust the process here in a little bit. But this time last year, all I heard about from the the end of August, we'll say Labor Day, till the end of the season, is DeAndre Swift is the 101. You know, from from very smart people, people that I that I rely on to be quite honest, guys like Shane Hallam, guys like Kane Fassell, guys like Travis May, guys like Nick Whalen. Um, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. So many people, DeAndre Swift is the 101. DeAndre Swift is, is the 101. And then all of a sudden, we got to the combine, and you had Jonathan Taylor blew it up, and you had that drum beat going. 
you heard the drum beat. The drum beat for Jonathan Taylor's going. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's the 101. And, th- and then from February all the way through until the actual NFL draft, it was Jonathan Taylor. He was the 101. And Jonathan Taylor's the 101. Okay, in the group think, in the echo chamber, and we're pulling, and we're driving, and, we're not, and everybody's coming together. And then all of a sudden, with the last pick very late on a Thursday night, on a fateful night late in April, a young man named Clyde Edwards Elaire gets drafted to the defending, reigning Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes bellied up to the bar with GM, with, with GM Brett Veach, with head coach Andy Reid. We got to have this guy. This is my guy. I, I got to have this guy. Then the drum beat started again. Clyde Edwards is the 101. And if you don't if you don't like Clyde Edwards as the 101, you're a dummy. If you don't like Jonathan Taylor as the 102, you're a dummy. And poor little DeAndre Swift was sitting over in the corner going, hey, guys, what about me? I was the 101 the entire – shut up. Shut your filthy sewer and be happy if we make you the 105 in our rookie drafts. You sit there. You shut up. You're a Detroit Lion. We don't like you anymore because we were going along – with the dynasty group think it's dangerous it, it led us off of guys like justin herbert it led us off of guys like deandre swift and then fast forward to the future here we are jerry if you were redrafting those running backs today who's your 101 is the rookie draft uh that would be deandre swift so the same guy that a year ago was the 101 so we have learned he's really good at football correct yes Okay, we've learned that even though Clyde Edwards Elair is a Kansas City Chief, that he's not the 101, right? That is correct. We've learned that even though Jonathan Taylor, who's a spectacular athlete, but we knew that, is not the 101, correct? That is correct. So, so what we're saying is, is that as we all get drug along through the dynasty groupthink, we're not doing our rosters tremendously great service by going along with the herd. Jerry, was there some other some other players besides the DeAndre Swift that was kind of one of those patented Memphis tirades that you're such a fan of? Uh, was was there like a player that you were maybe higher on, but you let the uh, you let the consensus beat you down? So it, this was actually one of my favorite segments that we've ever done because the 2017 draft, which is the one that had all the, the Christian McCaffrey's and the Leonard Fournette's and the Dalvin Cooks, and it was the same story. Go ahead. It, it was the greatest running back draft in the history of fantasy, dynasty fantasy football that I can recall. I'm not being hyperbolic, but you, you've got to think about the studs. Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen, James Conner. I just counted off nine guys, and that's the top of my head. It is every bit as good of a running back class as the class of 2014 was for wide receivers. I apologize to jump in there. Keep going. And who did they tell you was the 101? That entire season, I remember this because I thought it was Leonard Fournette. It wasn't Leonard Fournette. They told me all that that college offseason. It was a young man out of Florida State, Dalvin Cook. And then yeah. and then later in the season, as a young man named Christian McCaffrey was killing it at Stanford, uh, he slowly got mixed in. And who was the, the person that everybody, once the draft happened, who was the guy that went number five overall to the Tennessee Titans, not the running back, 
not the running back that dominated everybody. It was Corey Davis. It was Corey the, Davis, and Leonard Fournette was in the mix as yep. well. And what are they worth now? It's it's a scary thing. And it was the three-cone for Dalvin Cook. It was the three-cone for DK Metcalf, too, while we're at it. It, it. This this thing happens. And so the 2017 class taught me a lot to just not, not trust everything that you hear. You need to look at things your own way. So I didn't go too crazy with this one. But one that I did fall for, I took him 102 overall in a Debbie draft over a lot of good guys, over Rondale Moore and a lot of guys, uh, was LaVisca Chanel. I was told that this was a man that was he could do everything. And I watched his game, and he looked like he was pretty good. He got banged up a lot, like multiple times in a game. He would just be on the sideline. He didn't show anything that was extremely explosive that I saw. But once it started getting later in those drafts and he started falling, I kept going, okay, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just not seeing stuff. Because I'll do that. You know, I'm not a scout. I'm not. What I do is I assemble teams. That is what I like to do. I am not a person that I don't know all the nuances of the game. So I trusted that. I trusted that speak that this was a dynamic player. And what have we got, Randy? We haven't had him score a touchdown since week one. Uh, Let's see. He hasn't had over three catches in the last – he missed one game in three of the last – excuse me, in his last three games, hasn't had over three receptions. It's a dumpster fire. I mean, maybe Justin Fields makes it a little better, but that's an if, and that's a what. And if if, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we would have a Merry Christmas all year round, and I'm not about that. I need to see results. I need to see something. Uh, So LaVisca Chenault was mine. I really, he was the guy that I didn't love coming in and I still took him in a few teams just, just because he started to fall a little bit. And I thought, well, this is easy value. It it, it was a poor choice. And, and honestly, in some of those leagues, Justin Herbert was available and I didn't do it because I fell for that. And I know he's on both of our lists and I know he's your boy. So I want you to talk about that because quarterback is a big one. Quarterback is a big one that happens every single year. Quarterback, um, I want to quote my good buddy Izzy Elkafas of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. There is no cheaper time to acquire quarterback talent than in your draft, whether that's startup or whether that's rookie. And it's one of the most accurate statements I've ever heard. And I'm going to talk when we start talking about like the process and what some of our processes are going to be going forward. But dude, Justin Herbert, what box did he not check outside of? And I'm not going to be as concerned with stats with these guys going forward take a little bit more into athletic profile but the big one for me I'll give you a sneak preview is number of games played at the college level you know you can give me all the Mitch Trubisky one-year wonders and I'm not taking a shot at Mitch if anyone's listened to this show for any length of time you know that I like Mitch but what did Justin Herbert not have guy played 43 college games in a power five conference without a tremendous amount of NFL talent around him. The guy was an academic all-American. He, in, in, in chemistry, by the way, not underwater basket weaving or sports management or any of these, and, and no, no offense to anyone who, who underwater basket weaves for a living, that's not my point, is that if you've ever taken a college-level chem class, that's fucking hard. And for you to be an academic all-American at one of the, at the toughest position in sports, in my opinion, and, you know, a big athlete. And the thing, and it was a small thing, but the thing that really uh, 
hit home with me was that at the Senior Bowl, all the guys wanted to be around him. He had like that Pied Piper quality that other alpha males wanted to be around him as an alpha male. And I let, I, and I'm guilty of this, guys. When I say dynasty groupthink, Jerry and I can be as guilty as anyone else. And I, I, I let the continuing, um, you know, drumbeat for Joe Burrow, who had a fantastic year. Uh, and so far has had a pretty good rookie year, to be quite honest. But Justin Herbert was my guy. And then I let the, the Alabama, uh, the love of, of Tua, who's also looked pretty good in a couple of games. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, he's, he's uh, looked serviceable. Uh, I will say that. Uh, he, his, he's got a fantastic coaching staff doing him a solid. But I, I like the organization that Justin Herbert went to. Uh, I, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He has ties to the Colts, the GM there in L.A. Uh, I, I like the offense around him. I liked Eckler. I liked Allen. I like Williams. I like Hunter Henry. They had made some improvements on the offensive line. They had traded for Trey Turner. They had picked up, you know, Brian Beluga. There was no reason for me to move Justin Herbert off my QB 101 except for Twitter. Twitter. Um, and I fell for it. I fell for the group think that you had to have two a 101 or you had to have Burrow. You, and you can't not have Burrow. He just broke every record in the history of the land. I, I you know. But sometimes you, you got to have the courage. And that's the word. That's the word with any kind of group think. Whether that's something about, you know, a social status or economics or po- politics. You have to have the courage to follow through with what you believe in. So going forward with Justin Herbert, you know, he had all the tools, he had the pedigree, and uh, I I let him slip past me at the 107, 108, 109 in rookie drafts. And, you know, hindsight's always 20-20, but that was a mistake, and it's not going to happen again. What about you? What's another guy that that you let the dynasty group think get you? I like that because it's like you don't want to be the hot take guy. Because, you know, if you just say hot it's, takes, just to say hot takes, you're an asshole. And I, and, I, and I don't mean that to, like, demean anybody, but you're not helping anybody. If well, you're trying to help people and you say that, you're not helping people. I, I wish I could remember who said it the other day, but someone said, I think it was Jake Anderson. It, well, I'm 99% sure it was Jake Anderson, formerly of the Dynasty Crossroads podcast. And Jake Anderson said, hot take is just a way of saying, of buying yourself an excuse if you miss. It was, Jake. I saw it, that. It, it, you're just buying yourself um, like a heat shield. A hot take. Hot take is, hey, this is my uh, hall pass that if I screw this up, I could say, well, I told you it was a hot take. So I, I'm with you. Um, but I think the right word is courage. You have to have courage mm-hmm. to stand by your process. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but you're right. So so give me another guy. Give me another so, Jerry guy. Chase Claypool. He was he, he was like my Darius Slayton of this draft. And then everybody started saying that he should have been a tight end. And if you watched him at Notre Dame, he does look like he's a little bit of a plotter. But then he ran his 40 and he was lightning fast and he's a giant guy and he got drafted to Pittsburgh, who historically makes wide receivers extremely fantasy relevant. And the dude showed up and he's got seven touchdowns in nine games. I did not get him everywhere I wanted to because I I fell for Juju's going to be there and Deontay Johnson's going to be there and this kid's a tight end and you know he's he's going to be another Hakeem Butler type and I just it was bad 
there, there was, was also in, the steam on Deontay Johnson coming yeah, into the season. Yeah, which, so. which he's been good. He's been good. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. But yeah, the, yeah, I agree. But it's just it, – it was tough because I, I would have loved to just snag that kid in so many second rounds. And the thing about it is if you did, you, you've been starting him in your flexes and you've added him to good teams and he has been helping you win. I, I, I don't need – I mean, let's see. I pulled up his numbers here. This dude has 30 – 32? 32 targets his last three games. I mean, what do you and three touchdowns with Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball, and that's what he does. I mean, what what more do you want from somebody who's a second round pick? He he is the fourth highest scoring rookie in all of fantasy football on the season. Only Burrow, Herbert, and James Robinson have more points. Yeah, that's right. Justin Jefferson, who's had a, a good rookie season in his own right. He has still scored less points than Chase Claypool. And I would argue, and I would be right, by the way, I would argue that Justin Jefferson's only competing with Adam Thielen for targets, whereas Chase Claypool is competing with both Juju and Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson, I think I saw this, um, maybe I heard on a podcast, that he is getting like double-digit targets every game he starts on the season. And in spite of that amount of volume going to... Uh, the other wide receivers, Juju and Deontay. This kid's still blowing up. Now, hit, no, see, luckily with, with with Chase, I can just say I just missed. I just missed. Uh, I, I, I fell for the tight end talk. I didn't have a lot of love for him. Uh, I, I like the athletic measurables. What I didn't like was the, uh, the, the, the report from NFL scouts. Like my man Greg Cosell, who's like the film grinder. He, he's the OG film grinder. But, uh, yeah, so another guy that I wanted to get into real quick, um, T. Higgins. Jerry, how, how many mock drafts? Because we did a shit pile. That's a, that's a unit of measurement, by the way. We did mm-hmm. a shit pile of rookie drafts on this show. We did one quarterback. We did two quarterback. We did tight end premium. We probably did one every other week from Valentine's Day through, the, through maybe June, the first of yeah. June. And every single one, when I had like the 102, the, the 109 to maybe 202, I was taking T. Higgins. And then somewhere along the way, I started listening to, uh, he's not that good. He's not that athletic. Um, you know, he was a product of that Clemson system. And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I watched the film. I, I've watched the games. I mean, I, I, I know Trevor Lawrence is good, but, man, this kid looks to be the real deal. And then I heard that during the off season in the pre-draft process, he was working with uh, Jordan Palmer and Joe Burrow in California. And then he winds up on the same team with Joe Burrow. He was the 33rd pick. Like literally, you know, he was like uh, like the, 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 the first guy out of the first round. What did we think was going to happen? But no, no, I, I fell for the, 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 the Twitter, the group think, ah, he's not that athletic, man. He's not good. Um, and, and that's what happens with groupthink, by the way. And, and this is going to come across as a shot, and it's not a shot at anyone. But that's what happens when you, you take a very powerful voice in the dynasty industry, and they spearhead the groupthink. So you hear the groups, you, you hear the groupthink on Twitter, and then you have a very charismatic, a very charming, a very outspoken, a very well-spoken, active voice in this in this industry slash activity as the number one naysayer of a T Higgins. And all of a sudden that, that taps the powder keg, boom. And his, his value slides. And that, I got that dude in 
in a, a one QB like in a one QB league. It's one of the ones we're in together. I think I got him at like the two hundred six. After Lavisca Chanel, after Michael Pittman Jr. I love Michael Pittman Jr. By the way, and 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 I let I let this uh, cause me to miss out on T Higgins. Whereas before the draft, before the the group think got a hold of me, I had this guy as a first rounder, even in a super flex, late first rounder. And uh, I fell for it, Jerry. I fell for the banana in the tailpipe, and I feel really bad about that. Hey, listen, we did. I remember one of the podcasts we did, and it was a super flex mock, and we took out the first round because we knew who was going in the first round, but we debated D. Higgins at the first round. We ended up keeping him in there, and that was early in the process. Uh, yeah, no, should have trusted the early scouting there. But but listen, listen, I, I was not a super big T. Higgins guy, and he was – He's been a guy that's been around forever. He was a, a Debbie darling that everybody got super hard on and they loved the man. And then it was like, once it started getting towards the end, I didn't love him. And then he got drafted super early to Joe Burrow and he was tied to it. And I started to take some, take a lot of shares of him, which has been nice. I promise that, uh, that dude, he just, he seems like he's ready. Like he's going to be the guy that blows up. Justin Jefferson's had the big games. T. Higgins seems like he's going to be the guy that's around for a while. Uh, mine was another wide receiver, though, and it's Jalen Rager. Um, I I mean, I like the kid's game. I'm not going to say I didn't coming in. That would make me a liar. Uh, but I really thought he was going to be a lot better. And this kid showed up. He's got Carson Wentz, and he's – I mean, he got hurt. But he he's playing with a bunch of nobodies. I mean – if anybody started Dallas Goddard recently, you know he's not worth a damn thing. He's Oh, he's a crumb bum and a shoe clerk. I see you pointing at me. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, I mean, Travis Fulgham, he, he played. He's been doing good. Last week, he had one catch. Uh, I know I needed him to win a game. That did not work out for me. You know, he's, he scored the touchdown in his first game back. He also only had three catches for 16 yards. This last week, he had four catches for 47 yards. Now, Carson Wentz hasn't looked right. And, you know, he hasn't, he's still learning, and it's a COVID season, and he was injured for a giant chunk of it. So I'm not going to cast the man off yet. But in this rookie class, where we have seen tons of wide receivers be extremely, extremely productive, there were lots of people that were to a fault too high on the man. I, I, I say this all the time that. People live in absolutes when it comes to dynasty. And I think it's one of the dumbest things you could do. There is always, always a chance that the person that you love can fail miserably. And there's also a chance that that person that you're making fun of who has a take is right. You can see trade calculators all you want, but I promise, I promise you here and now, if somebody would have offered Jonathan Taylor for James Robinson in June, that would have been a de- debated veto of the vote, and people would have been vilified. And where the fuck you at now? Just saying, do not live in a world of absolutes. Anything can happen. We play a very, very fickle game. All right. So, but before we leave the the, the danger of dynasty group thing, I, I want to make sure that I just pass along this best practice that I am going to get back to. Instead of getting aggravated and uh, trying to counterpoint when someone does not agree with me, whether or not they agree with the herd or not, or defending my point of view, I'm just going to get back to asking myself, why are they saying that? Why is that person saying T. Higgins is not very good? 
Okay, and then I'm I'm, I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to go I'm going to go document it. And the one thing that like I have a process, and I'm not putting myself over, I'm not putting Jerry over. Uh, we have a very successful process, and we have for a, a number of years. If you've listened to the show the last three years, we have put a lot of damn good rookies on your roster. Uh, that's that's part of what we do here. The, making the world a better place for dynasty fantasy football is something we we take very seriously. But I'm I'm just going to continue to uh, aggregate all the data that I can as I as I as I switch careers. You know. The data is important. It's not the end-all, be-all. Um, something that I did last year for our Patreon group is I aggregated, um, you know, the, the rankings. And then I, you know, gave them my rankings based off those aggregates. And we did pretty well. Um, I would have to say the uh, the, the, the JT. Um, uh, by the way, I'm not throwing JT out with the... No, not, no, 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 I'm not either. I don't want, I don't want to put that in there either. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That does not make, that does not make any sense. Cause here's the thing. I'm, 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 gonna, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What? It's, it's an old turn of phrase, Jerry. And I'm old motherfucker. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an awesome phrase. Okay. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. But, but by the way, I'm just going to remind you, we're going to end this with this. Jonathan Taylor came in this league in an RBBC. Clyde Edwards Elair came into this league in an RBBC. Okay. Um, nothing has changed. We created unrealistic, and that's also part of the danger of Dynasty Groupthink, is that we created a narrative and an expectation that was false. Jonathan Taylor was always, always in a committee. Frank Reich said he was the 1B to the 1A of Marlon Mack. Naheem Hines would be mixed in. Marlon Matt gets hurt, and we assumed, we assumed incorrectly, by the way, motherfucker, we assumed that he was, you know, we're going to strap a rocket to his ass and we're going to shoot him to the moon. Uh-uh. Didn't happen that way. He's still in a committee. They're still playing the hot hand. Just the role of uh, Marlon Mack is now being played by Jordan Wilkins. Now, let's go over to Kansas City. If, by the way, one of the only and very few articles that I've ever written when I was still at the Dynasty Football Factory was about Andy Reid and his rookie running back usage. The only reason Kareem Hunt broke out as a rookie is because Spencer Ware tore a tendon in a preseason game that year, and he was forced. He was forced into action. Andy Reid has always committed and platooned a rookie running back. Now, again, we incorrectly assumed that because Damian Williams opted out of the season, we were going to strap a rocket ship on Clyde Edwards' E-layers back, and also, we were dead-ass wrong. This is what happens. Nothing's changed but our mentality. Nothing has changed but the way that we were told to think. We were told that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the 101. We were told that he was the best running back uh prospect in in a generation along with Saquon Barkley and Barry Sanders and Bo Jackson I remember I heard it you heard it too we heard that that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was 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 Brian Westbrook you heard it I heard it did you hear it no well they heard it because because I heard it and you know what that was bad information that was bad process so what are we going to do we're going to learn about new processes Jerry what's a process that you're either going to implement or get back to as a, cause I'm already starting to do a little, I'm no Travis May. I'm no Kane Vassell. I'm no, I'm no Shane P. Hallam. Uh, by the way, all three of those guys jumped on an episode of, uh, you know, yeah, Cam, 
Canton, from, from, from campus to Canton podcast on Rotoviz, by the way. Check that out. Those guys are fantastic. But I'm slowly, slowly starting to start my rookie prep as I, I have a minute here or there. But is there a process that you're either going to start or get back to? I just want to keep talking about what you did because I think that was perfect. You have to – we live in this world where we think that whatever we talk about is going to come to fruition. We think that with Damian Williams opting out, that it's going to be – this is Kareem Hunt all over again. And we think when Marlon Mack goes down that it's going to be JT. And I think that was so perfect because that is not reality. We do not play fantasy football in a time period where there is workhorse running backs. There are few. Saquon is one. You know, Zeke is one when that team's right. There's not many. It is it is a struggle. So if I'm going to say if there's anything I'm going to change going forward – I don't really care about running backs. I, I don't. I don't care about investing in them for a lot. I know I don't want to join into the running backs don't matter crowd because it's not true, but I don't want to overpay for them. I don't care. I will treat my running backs just like NFL teams do. I will draft them in my rookie draft, and I will keep them while they are cheap. I am, I'm not going to build my teams around them. They are too volatile. They scare the shit out of me, Randy. They just scare the shit out of me. So I just don't think in absolutes. Understand that this is not a happy place where there is rainbows and candy canes and everything that you want to happen is going to happen because it's not. A lot of you drafted Cam Akers very early. How's that going? I mean, CEH after week one. Go ahead. Hold on. I'm going to jump in about the running backs there real quick. Every single one of these running backs were drafted into a running back by committee. No one, not one of these running backs was drafted to be a bell cow. Cam Akers was drafted into a backfield with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Malcolm Brown, who they matched an offer sheet from the Lions two years ago, is how much they liked him. They also spent second-round draft capital on Daryl Henderson. And we told ourselves, we listened incorrectly. We were told that man was trash. That was incorrect. Yep. DeAndre Swift was drafted into a running back field that already had on Johnson, and then they added Adrian Peterson. And then we're shocked. We're shocked and amazed. We're shamazed. We're shamazed that DeAndre Swift is in an RBBC, but he was drafted into an RBBC. But we can't get that past our head. And then finally, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins was drafted into a backfield with a, a veteran, a, a very talented veteran in, in Mark Ingram. Gus Edwards, who they like so much, they brought back on a restricted um, or a exclusive rights free agency deal. And then they drafted J.K. Dobbins. All five of these rookies were drafted into RBBCs, and yet we kept lying to ourselves. And if, we weren't, lying, and if we weren't lying to ourselves, we were listening to the lies being told to us. And I won't say lies because lies would would try to insinuate that they had a plan to mislead us. That was it. We were listening, we were listening to the misinformation. That we were being force fed. And, I, and let me say this: it's going to happen again. When Travis Etienne gets a job, you, you think he's going to just be the only guy? Hell no! You think Najee Harris is going to get drafted and he's going to be the only guy as a rookie in the NFL? That's just that's not reality. We're living in a situation that we're just creating. It is a dynasty bubble that we just we think and we manifest just so we can feel better about taking these guys that early. It, it doesn't exist and it's going to continue to not exist. So just pay attention to it. That's the one thing I can say is understand that that's your situation. There's going to be, you know, it, outliers. J- James Robinson is an outlier, but 
there's also a real chance that they bring in another running back. I mean, there's going to be lots of free agent running backs and they're going to work as a committee because guess what? Running backs get hurt. How many times have we seen it throughout this season? And if Jacksonville, now luckily, they're an absolutely horrible team. So they don't actually care if the running back gets hurt because they'll just continue sucking regardless. But at some point, if they get any sort of pulse, they're going to want another one because they're not going to want to lose production in the running game. That's the situation we live in. It's hard. It, it We play a hard game, and it's getting harder because of that competition, especially at the running back position. Well, I got two more. I'm, I'm going to hit you with one, and uh, I'll let you go again, and then we'll wrap this up. And maybe we'll talk about a couple of guys we're looking to add because trade deadlines are are right around the corner. Um, I, I To me, I, I, I fell into the uh, bre- breaking my process of the, the fact that a guy was a senior didn't matter to me. Um, that had been a process that I've used for years. That's why I have a Cooper Cup. That's why I have Terry McLaren. I have these guys. It, it didn't bother me with Justin, with Justin Herbert. And then you know, again, that that drumbeat. Ah, you know, you can't. Uh, you, you know, these guys got to break out. They're not superstars unless they they they, they they're you know junior declares or, or redshirt freshmen. And, and I, I start looking, you know, and and that doesn't matter. Like it, you know. Uh, it didn't hurt Justin Herbert, and it damn sure hasn't hurt James Robinson. And uh, I don't recall was J- was was Chase Claypool a four year guy at Notre Dame? I w- I would assume he was, but I don't know that for certain. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Antonio uh, Antonio Gibson was. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, a, a lot of uh, Joshua Kelly um, not been setting the world on fire lately. Uh, Hunter Bryant. I mean, these are all rookie names that we know that we were told weren't that good because they went to the Senior Bowl. Here's the thing. If you can play football, okay. I, I'm getting back to the, the, the fact that um, time served in college with lots of reps and lots of games is no longer going to be looked at as a bad thing by me. Experience coming in, um, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best because I try to keep my finger on the pulse of the dynasty industry and that's why we have so many people on. But um, I'm going to continue to get back to ignoring the college stats. Not that they're not important because they matter, but not as much as productive uh, games starting. Um, those reps, man, uh, in the fitness industry, they call it time under tension. Um, that, that time learning and and, and your craft. And I heard someone say the other day, but, you know, Terry McLaren's going to be a 26-year-old wide receiver three. The the guy's a wide receiver one. Why do you give a shit how old he is? He's going into his super prime. He's going to be the man for age 26, 27, 28, 29. And God forbid he gets a a quarterback upgrade. God forbid. But but we just always circle back to these time-honored, not always accurate, kind of accurate things. And I'm not going for it anymore. If I think you can play football and I like your situation and I like what I know of you and I like what people like Greg Cosell and um, I'm drawing a blank, um, some of the draft nicks out there, if they like you, I'm going to take that a lot more to heart than my fellow dynasty analyst. I got to get back to understand that I'm the motherfucking dynasty analyst, not the but I'm one of. That's my job. My job is not to listen to groupthink of other dynasty analysts. My job is to take the information from the people who watch the film, from the work that I do, and give you my opinion and not be swayed by that as someone else's. Um, I can respect it. I can learn from it. But I am, 
I'm not going to kowtow and uh, bend over to it anymore. Gerald, you anything else? Uh, just to add, Chase Claypool was a senior, and he had 45 starting games under his belt in his four years at Notre Dame. So, And he looks like well, it when he plays football on Sundays now. Yes. He does Including look, 13 touchdowns in his senior year. You know, it, it, so a guy that we thought was super talented coming out, like a Jerry Judy, and I, I still think there's potential there. You know, I know he played at Alabama. I know he had some starts, but it took him a lot longer to pick up the NFL uh, curve than uh, Chase Claypool. Now, in fairness, you know, Chase Claypool's working with Big Ben, who's like a, a bajillion-year vet, and, you know, Jerry Judy's. But, but you should have known that coming in. Uh, well, well, thank you, because you just led me to my last thing, and then we'll hit these people with a few trade targets, and we'll get them on down the road. I shared this about six months ago on the Patreon and it was one of the most uh, most responded to Patreon shows I've ever done. And they all were like, man, you, I can use this in real life. So a few years ago, I went to a leadership training down in Orlando. And I don't remember the dude's name. I, I, Dennis Silver, I think. And he wrote a book called Tales from the Mouse. He was a high-level executive with Disney. And, and he was writing a book about the Disney um, brand standard things at Disney. And one of the things they talked about is that Disney, everything speaks, everything speaks, you know, um, they, they have scientifically measured out where the trash cans go. There's a set standard for everyone. Um, they, they used to not have breaks. And like one time a, a young, uh, park goer saw Cinderella on her break, burning a heater, caught Cinderella burning a heat stick and, and that's when they realize that everything speaks. The cleanliness of the park, the friendliness of the help. And, you know, you can apply that to anything in your life. Your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your podcast co-host. His name's Jerry. He's the man of the hour and the man with the power. You know, everything speaks. And when you're re reviewing these rookies and you're building a dynasty roster, everything matters. Ask every question. Everything matters. Ah, that doesn't matter. You know, uh, you know, Chase Claypool was a great athlete, but you know that doesn't matter. You know, he's a he he's a tight end in the NFL. You know, being a good athlete speaks. It speaks to what he could potentially do at the next level. Ah, well, he was drafted to Pittsburgh. You know, he's going to be behind Juju and he's going to be behind Deontay Johnson. Guys, he was taken really high in the draft, and Pittsburgh has a long-standing track record of of doing really well with wide receivers. Why are we not listening to that? It's speaking, but we're not listening to it. We're choosing to ignore the facts and clues that we're being given when, I'm not saying the answer was obvious, but, but write everything down. I'm going to leave you on this, and then, Jerry, you can give us a couple, couple of trade targets. We use this in manufacturing, and this is a, a quality thing. I know it comes from automotive manufacturing. It's called 3-Diamond 5-Y. But if you're going to draft a player in the first round, by the way, this is old stuff our Patreons have known for a long time because we've, we've covered all this on the Patreon. Ask, if, if you're drafting a guy in the first round of your rookie draft, ask yourself why five times. Five times. Why are you drafting him? Now, he's an amazing athlete, okay? What about next? You know what? He landed on the Indianapolis Colts. They have a great offensive line. Okay, what's next? And if you can't get to that fourth or fifth why, you might want to reevaluate that pick. Because everything speaks, and if you can't answer why five times, man, you know, and then in the second round, it should be four times. And in the third round, you should be able to ask why three times, or excuse me, answer why three times. 
Fourth round too. Fifth fifth round. Why? Because the motherfucker's there. He's alive. He's got a he's got what we call two feet and a heartbeat. But when you're investing those high high draft capital picks, we've got to sharpen up our process, Jerry. We we've got to, We've got to go to the workshop. We've got to sharpen our tools, and we've got to get better prepared to uh, bring the thunder in 2021 for these people who listen to the Dynasty Warzone. Because nothing less will be acceptable. Don't ignore red flags. Look at everything. It's it's simple, and yet it's something that it, it doesn't happen. But let's let, let's talk about some trade targets. You want me to go first? You want you want to take this one? Man, man th- throw me one. Give me a couple of bullet points. G- give me a guy. Uh, give me a guy you're looking to trade away. If you're not, if you're not, a, away. if you're not a contender, because uh, you know, ten games into your fantasy season, you got three left at the playoffs. I would say, best case scenario, if you're not five and five, Jerry, here comes another turn of phrase, so you got to be ready. I, I caught you early. Are you ready? Yep. It, this is country, but it's time to piss on the fire, call in the dogs, and call it a day. So if you're not at least five and five, it's time to piss on that fire and start looking to see who you can move. So who's a guy you're looking to move if uh, you're 5-5? Five and five? The guy who I'm going to piss on, who had a little bit of fire at the beginning of the season, and we talked about him all offseason. We talked about how we liked him early in this, earlier in the season, how, how we wanted to trade him once it started to get going. James Conner. How many times did we talk about that dude on this podcast? Once we got to week 7, week 8, you know, he was gonna he was gonna have a good season, and then we wanted to trade him away. Guess what? We're we're, we're pissing on this fire right here and right now. And the thing about it is, he's got Jacksonville next week, and he's been slightly productive if you look at his season his season stats. With Jacksonville showing up, he should have a good game, and that should be a good selling point for you. Um, but when it comes to it, I mean, we're talking about a dude that has had. One game over three receptions all season. And now we're talking about a Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steeler running back that's supposed to be a pass catcher. He's had one game with over three receptions. And that was four. So not that much better. Uh, He's only had that one game with the four receptions. That was the only time he topped 30 receiving yards in a game. He's had zero games over 15 rushes in his last three weeks, and none of them cracked 50 yards. Ew. He is not a long-term play. He's not a guy that you're looking to build your roster around for the future. He is not a championship in 2020 play. Why are you keeping him? Get rid of that man. And, and listen, let me. I'm going to talk about a guy that I'm going to trade for just because it's tied to James Conner, sort of, and that's DeAndre Swift. I will sell James Conner. I will sell my contending first, and I will sell you my contending second just to get that man because that man is going to win people's championships. The more work that man gets, he's showing you everything you want. And I think if the thing about the DeAndre Hopkins, or excuse me, DeAndre Swift owner, is he's not been highly relevant in an offense. So it's unlikely that he is on the championship team or one of those teams that's seven and three, eight and two, nine and one. Not that many teams are nine and one that I have seen in a lot of my leagues, but regardless. So you you may be able to get him, is what I'm saying. It, the Alvin Kamara's, the Delvin Cooks, the Kyler Murray's, they're on the championship team and they need them to win a championship. So I'm not going to tell you to go get them. That's stupid. They're not going to sell him. You, you can get him in the offseason if you want, but not right now. I feel like DeAndre Swift, I'm overpaying for him. 
I, me, I promise me. you that. I, I know I said I didn't want to invest in running backs, but he is in the perfect situation right now, and I can win a championship. Go ahead, Randy. Let me ask you this. Let me say for some reason you're just the most unlucky bitch in the world, and you've got Alvin Kamara, but you're 4-6 and six or 3-7. and seven. Do you go to the DeAndre Swift owner and say, hey, listen, I'll give you Alvin Kamara. Go win a championship. Alvin Kamara is averaging 27 PPR points a game. Dalvin Cook averaging 27 PPR points a game. The next closest is Aaron Jones at 20. I'm giving you a full seven points over the third place running back. Would you give me DeAndre Swift and your 2021 first? Or, yeah. De- or DeAndre Swift and you could maybe even get more. Obviously, always start yeah. high. Now, see, yeah. Jerry, if you're watching on YouTube, first of all, thank you, or live on Twitter, this is a Yeti cap. This is the Yeti Coolers brand cap. I can also dub this my salesman cap. You have to sell James Conner. How would I sell James Conner to a contender? Hey, I noticed you're a little thin at running back. Uh, I know you got some buys coming up. Maybe they have Rojo or or um, <laughs> no one's using Devin Singletary. But may, but maybe they, they have some, some buy concerns, some injury concerns. Hey, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer you the RB15 on the season. Would you want a high-end RB2? And, and don't even tell them the name. Hey, you know, th- th- this, this, this player is averaging 13 points a game. Um, you know, solid. He's on a good offense. It's James Conner. You, you you sell them on what he is. None of that's dishonest. None of that is untrue. But you're selling them. You don't want to sell them the last two games. The last two games have been bad. But you're selling them the RB2, a guy who's going to give them 13.5 PPR points a game. Um, what would you take? I mean, obviously you would love to get a first. I don't think you're going to get a first. Would you take like a, like a second and just walk away? We know it's going to be a, at least a pretty good draft class through 24 picks this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm done with him. Listen, I mean, he's going he, to be a free agent. Yeah, and he did exactly what I wanted. So, so what's he going to do? He's going to go and he's going to show and he's going to muddy up a different situation. And it's going to make him not that great. And wherever he lands, not that great. His, his ability to sustain fantasy relevance is for the next, I don't know, what, however many weeks there are left in the season. That And that's going to be the end of James Conner. He's going to be show up every once in a while but as far as a guy you can confidently start and be happy that you're starting no and Mm -hmm. i'm selling him on that jacksonville game is next and you don't want to be behind that and now maybe you can sell him after that if he does well but i mean and i mean washington can stop the run but maybe you could sell him on washington being a bad team maybe they're a bad player you never know your boy deandre swift just broke out against him so hold on, I'm going to put on, so this is a this is a baseball cap, but I'm going to look into the future, and I'm going to tell you that if you look in 2021, no later than 2022, if James Conner is on a very Jordan Howard-esque career path, yep. you would not be surprised. Now is the time. Um, the guy that I'm going to talk about selling, at least one of the first guys, is Derrick Henry. And that, that, that's unless I'm contending. If I'm a contending, you, you got to keep rolling with Big Thunder. But if you're not, if you're that four, if you're that four and six, if you're that five and five team, um, again, I'm going to the DeAndre Swift owner. I'm going to 
the Jonathan Taylor owner. Uh, yes, that Jonathan Taylor. That's right. That committee back in India. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to that owner, um, and I, and I'm going to say, hey, listen, you, you're contending in spite of Jonathan Taylor. Give me JT. Give me your first next year, and maybe I can even angle for something else. Because what am I selling? I'm selling the RB4 on the season. I'm selling 18 PPR points a game right now. I'm selling uh, a, a playoff schedule that includes, wait for it, week 14 at the Jaguars, 30th, excuse me, 25th against the Rush. Week 15, the Lions, 30th against the Rush. And then at the Packers in week 12. Oh, and you know what else they'll probably be fighting for? A rushing title. To be one of the first men ever to go back-to-back with rushing titles. So that's what I'm selling you, Mr. Contender Man or Woman. I'm selling you the opportunity to get a top-five running back. All I want in return is, is, is I want Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift and a first. That, that's a bargain at twice the price. Go win that ship Take Derrick Henry. You know what? This is not a to bury Derrick Henry. That guy's going to be 27 in January, and that guy plays with a physical pace. Nothing but a tip of this fine ball cap to Mr. Derrick Henry because he he has taken the pounding so far. But you know what? I know in the next three games he's got Baltimore, he's got the Colts, and he's got the Browns. And you might say, well, the Browns. But the Browns, eighth against the rush so far this season. So not exactly a day in the park. So the first big name I'm looking to move, Derrick Henry. Jerry, am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I I get it. And here's the thing. What'd you say he is? Twenty seven years old? And, uh, and he's under be. he's under contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fel, fellow January birthday, by the way. Fellow January birthday. Just don't Look just in that. case you're taking notes. Okay, you're both gonna be twenty seven. That's great. That that's um, right. That's right. <laughs> uh I get it. And listen, I just sold him Saquon Barkley in a league. I I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to rebuild. And this is sort of what I'm going to talk about here is if you were trying to a win a champion, go ahead. You know, I was going to say, give me a guy, give me a guy you're going out right now and you're buying. You're putting on, you're taking off your salesman cap. You're putting on your buyer's cap. Who are you going to buy? Give me one guy, and we're going to pick this up next week with a some. We'll do a trade deadline special next week. Maybe we'll grab Maddie and uh, Doctor Kyle. We'll do a a family edition Dynasty Warzone uh, for for Thanksgiving. Ah, this one hurts a little bit because uh, as far as his long term outcome is concerned, I don't entirely love this person. Um. I actually just traded him in one of our Patreon leagues, probably shortchanged myself a little bit, but I I hate that team. I looked at the roster today. Like we said, if you're one of these five and five teams and you don't think you're cutting it, you need to make some changes. I made a change. I traded away Lamar Jackson, but, but I wanted to trade him to a contender because I think he is one of the premier options for a contender. And the fact that he has struggled a bit so far this season I feel like it makes it actually a better deal for you. So this man's playoff schedule is just Randy goodness gracious. Starting in week 13, he's got the Cowboys. Then he's got the Browns. Then he's got the Jaguars. Then he's got the New York football giants. That's something. And if you're going to get that guy who's going to be able to rush, he's going to be able to do what he wants. I think now is the time to get him. Now I I'm, I'm pretty done. 
on Lamar Jackson long term. And, and I know that's a little premature because he's still very young and he's still very talented and he could easily turn things around. I just at some point I feel like there's going to be an injury and I feel like a lot of defensive coordinators have figured out exactly what they want to make him do. But as far as if I am trying to win my championship and I am in a super flex league and maybe I have Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or somebody else that's just killing it, Aaron Rodgers. And I want somebody that's just going to get me over the top and have a second great quarterback. That's going to help me. I think Lamar Jackson's a good guy just because that schedule is so filthy, nasty. Another cheap one real quick that people are really super down on. And I get it is Amari Cooper. Um, even with Andy Dalton's coming back and Amari Cooper has still gotten a lot of targets and still been pretty productive. Even since Dak went down, he's had a minimum of five catches and at least 67 yards in three of the four games since he's played since Dak went down. Now there was the, the poopy game with Ben DiNucci when he had one catch for like three, three yards or whatever it is. But the, the narrative on Amari Cooper is that he is dead and every Cowboys player is dead and they are useless and I feel like he is a good value to try and get, especially if you are in need of, you know, getting over the top this year. Who do you got? All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a three pack of running back action. Are you ready? Okay. Fire away. Uh, first of all, all these guys, um, you know, we talked about points per game. They just haven't been able to stay healthy. Chris Carson. Hey, how the hell the Seahawks looked without Chris Carson? They've looked like a poopy-flavored lollipop is how they've looked. Now, they're putting up some stats, but they're not winning ball games. This is a team that really wants to get Chris Carson back on the field. I don't expect him this Thursday night. They're going to have Carlos Hyde. It's going to give you one more week of a buying window. If I could get him for a contender's second, I'm in there. If I could get – if I had to give up my contenders first, which I'm hoping to be like that 110 to 112 range – if I had to give that up and I could get Chris Carson and a non-contender second, I'm going to make that deal. If I can move back six, eight, ten selections in a rookie draft, get Chris Carson and have a shot at a championship, uh, I'm in there because this is a team that desperately needs him. Another one, Raheem Mostert. Here's one. If this some bitch could just stay healthy, 17 PPR points a game. And here's the thing. We have seen true crumb bums and shoe clerks look serviceable in San Francisco. They're four and six. They're on the bye this week. Uh, Mostert wanted to come back in week 10. Shanahan really wanted to give him the thing. I think Shanahan believes he can make a run at a playoff spot if they come back healthy after the bye. You know, they're going to try to win these last six games. I, I think you can get him for a second. I got him for a second in a one QB league with a good friend and a regular guest, Dan Williamson, at Overhype Sleeper on Twitter. Dan is a, I tried to get Dan to come on with us tonight, but uh, no, luck, no luck. He was double booked. And here's one that I would probably pay a first and just a little bit more because of his new contract. Austin Eckler. There you go. We, we, we have seen Kalen Balsack. I mean, Kalen Balage. We have seen Kalen Balage look serviceable in this offense. We have seen the corpse of Justin Jackson look serviceable in this offense. A guy that I still hope gets 200 touches because I want to see you in a kiddie pool with maple syrup, clothed, by the way, uh, Joshua Kelly. But can you imagine, you know, um, I, I don't know a lot about chemistry because I'm not an, I'm not an uh, academic All-American in chemistry like Justin Herbert. But when you add this stimulus to the, uh, to the mixture, 
there in in Los Angeles with Mike Williams, with Keenan Allen, with Hunter Henry, and with Justin Herbert. Ba-boom. So I would give my contenders first straight up right now. I wouldn't ask for any change. I wouldn't ask for a third. I wouldn't get greedy. Take my first. Take my 110. Give me Austin Eckler. He's going to be back in time for the fantasy playoffs. Those are three guys that I think you can get. You may have to give up a first, and I definitely would for Eckler. I would ask for a little something back with Carson. and with uh, I wouldn't give up a first for, for Mostert, but I would definitely give up a second. Uh, maybe a second in 2021 and a 2022 third, if I had to do it to get the deal done. Those guys are going to win some ships out there. The running back landscape is a, uh, it's a shit sandwich, Jerry often referred to by you as a poop sandwich. But what's not been a poop sandwich was this episode. This is the most fun that we've had. We didn't have a real show sheet. We just wanted to wrap because the dangers of Dynasty Group think they're out there. And guys, this is everything. When you see a whole bunch of information on one side of a topic, anything, you know what? Start asking questions. So, Jerry, great episode. Um, I'm, I'm glad I had the man of the hour to talk it through. Listen, these are these are always the good ones. These these are where I feel like I'm I'm built for it. Because, like I said, I'm not I'm not a scout. I I don't I'm not gonna go crazy about blocking schemes and whether they recognize which hole to go through and yada yada. You're not yada, a salesman. You're not a salesman. No. no. Listen, I overpay in every trade I do. I just want to get the guys I want because I can build a fucking roster. I promise you that. And if I can leave you with one more thing, act. Right now, if you are a championship contending team, if you're six and four or seven and three or better, trade to get better. If you're not one of those teams, like Randy said, if you're five and five and you don't think you're making it, don't sit tight. That's just dumb. Trade away your trade for IR people, trade for Saquon, trade for Dak, trade for George Kittle, do what you can. And if you're a championship contender, even if you have to take a little bit of a loss, they're not helping you right now. Trade them away. Get a comparable piece. I traded away George Kittle in a league that I think I'm going to win the championship for, for hocking a little bit of juice. Easy. Done. Thank you. I, he doesn't help me, and I want to win. And if I can win, then I have just paid for my next f- five or six entries in the, into that league, and I'm still having a comparable piece. It's that's what we need to do. You need to act. Now is the time, and now is the most critical time. I cannot emphasize that enough because now is the time when people will do stupid shit because they either they want to win, so they will let you rebuild easily if you have had some problems. The, ter- the, the term deadline spur actions matter in just about everything. You know, trade deadlines will matter. Um, like I said, I have some that are uh, Wednesday. So you have got a week. We're going to do one more show. But remember, if you believe in a guy, any of the guys that we've talked about tonight, any of the guys that you just have your own belief on, maybe it was a name we didn't bring up, act. Because if you're right and you trust your process and that player blows up on Thursday, Sunday, or Monday, the price of doing business just goes up. You know, we've pissed around and and, and missed a great buy window on guys like T. Higgins. We've missed great opportunities on guys like Justin Jefferson. We, we, we've missed got opportunities on guys like DK Metcalf and Terry McLaren. You can still buy them, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg and maybe a kidney and a toe. But that's, again, that's now the cost of doing business. Whenever I buy a player, regardless of what I'm buying, I want to buy one of two things, Jerry. 
I want to buy a championship or I want to buy equity. Is this player going to be worth more three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, more than I'm paying today? If the answer isn't he's going to help me win a championship or the answer isn't he's going to be worth more than, than what he is today, then it's a no deal for me. That's how we're going to take this one out. Anything else, Jerry, before I hit the, uh, the end button? Absolutely not. Love it. Absolutely not. That man's name is Gerald J. Sinclair. You can find him on Twitter at JerrySin, D-W-Z. My name is uh, Randall Memphis Young, and you can find me on Twitter at D-W-Z Memphis. I didn't mention one sponsor throughout the show. We got a great patron. Um, we're going to have a new commercial for you from my man, J.C., and uh, Viridian Global. Head over to ViridianGlobal.com and get hooked up with some of that sweet, sweet Dynasty merch, that Dynasty Warzone merch, that Dynasty Happy Hour merch, and so much more. That's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, ViridianGlobal.com. They'll hook you up. That's what happens when you don't have a show sheet. You get no commercials to the bitter end. He's Jerry Sinclair. I'm Memphis Young. And until next time, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family.